This is Dr. Troy Shaw, pastor of the Liberty Hill Baptist Church. Welcome to Living the Bible Together. We would love for you to visit our church located at 4410 Refugee Road. We worship on Sundays at 11 a.m. For more information, visit us online at livingthebibletogether.org. Liberty Hill, living the Bible together through education, missions, and ministry. God, we thank Thee and we praise Thee for Thy love, Thy peace, Thy joy. Continue to lead us, guide us by Your great power. Allow Your Word to permeate our hearts, our minds, that we might flourish in Your peace, Your presence, Your love. That we might show the world that You are yet alive within us that your Holy Spirit resides and rules as you lead us into all truth and righteousness. Keep us forever, we pray, in the precious, wonderful name of Christ. Amen. We appreciate our minister for reading our text for the day. We are going to focus on 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 24 through 25. But all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. How to embrace forever through fading and falling. Well, my friends, that time of year has come once again. If you live in a climate such as ours, you realize that it is time to cut the grass. If you listen carefully with your windows open, you will hear lawnmowers as people began to realize that lawns need mowing. You've got to get out the lawnmower. You've got to get out the gasoline can. You've got to get out the sharpeners and perhaps sharpen the blade. You've got to tune up the lawnmower. Perhaps you've got to put in a new spark plug and put some fuel and oil the right places. It's time to cut the grass. The grass has come back from its winter slumber. It's come back from its slumber and its sleep as it turned brown for the season. Now that the spring is coming, we see the grass as it begins to pop up through uh, the brown dirt and produce green blades again. Many of us know that our lawn is not in the best health and we can see now not only the green grass, but we can see the yellow dandelions and the weeds as they come up as well. We know that the uh, season of winter comes with its trials for the earth. It comes with trials for the green grass. In fact, somewhere uh, around the end of the year, the grass begins to die. It begins to fade away. It's kind of fair weather. It comes with the good weather and it leaves with inclement weather. It comes in the spring. It gets green as the summer comes in. It likes the favorable conditions. But when the snow comes, when the cold begins to come in, the grass fades away. The grass begins to turn brown. Wonder if you've had some moments in your life that have been like the grass, some seasons whereby if everything was going all right, everything looked good. But when it started getting cold, when inclement weather came, when things dried up and froze over, things changed for you. The beautiful color of of the grass began to fade in your life. Things in your life have faded. There was a season, a time when everything seemed to flourish. Your money looked good. Your honey looked good. Everything was working right for you. But then as soon as you hit a winter season, 
Things started to fade and fall, lost job, repossessed cars, and foreclosed on homes. Times when winter season comes and it seems that the components of our life that we often enjoy fade away into the brown desert of life. We come to a place where uh, we can see that things are not always as vibrant as we want them to be. There are times when seasons will come that dry things up in our lives. We think everything was going all right, but then all of a sudden things dry up in our lives. What do you do when life seems to be uh, fading and falling? What do you do when it seems that you are disadvantaged in the presence of the advantage? I heard David say in the 23rd Psalm that he knew that the Lord would prepare a table in the presence of his enemies. Sometimes you've got to dine knowing that they want to kill you. You've got to dine knowing that they don't like you. You've got to dine realizing that there is an adverse season afoot. Things don't always look like and things are not always like we want them to be. In certain seasons, things seem bleak at best, and yet we must keep on keeping on. We must do like the grass in my front yard. That grass will turn brown and the snow will come over top of it and it'll turn all brown and die. But then as soon as the spring comes, as soon as light comes again, the grass pops back up. We can realize today that sometimes life has those elements of life and death, those elements of ebbs and flows. Throughout the text, we can find a number of verses that allow us to peer into the botanical, that we might understand and know that grass is here today and gone tomorrow. It grows today, cut down tomorrow, thrown into the furnace. The Bible used that type of language. Most notably, Psalm 73, Asaph reminded by God that there are times when the wicked are like the grass, grows up in the morning, but cut down in the evening. Grass is that metaphor that allows us to understand that there are seasons, that there are times when some things will flourish and times when some things will die. There's a time to embrace and a time to let go, a time to realize that uh, life is ever-changing, that the journey of life will bring the scenery of both the good and the bad, depending on how we look at it. And so today we can find, as Peter writes this letter in order to encourage the people of Asia Minor, as he knows that they had gone through their strain, their stress, their struggle, as their enemies came against their borders. I wonder, is there anybody who's ever had enemies at your border, enemies that threaten to take your peace, your love, and your joy, uh, enemies that just rest at your borders? Peter writes to encourage them, to let them know that there is yet hope even when an enemy arises. There are times when we must embrace forever through falling and fading, embracing forever, even though the situation may not look like we'll be victorious in the end. There are times when you've got to embrace joy and embrace life, even though you can feel yourself falling and fading. Times where we must embrace life even through the bleak outlook of a winter season. Times when you've been worried about your children, worried about your marriage, worried about your finances, but you've got to hold on in spite of the fading and the falling, in spite 
of an adverse season because you know that God will bless us once again. There are events and situations and issues that come into our life that cause us depression, that cause us sadness, that cause us to feel like we're fading and falling. How do you embrace forever? How do you embrace God? How do you embrace blessings when it feels like you're fading and falling? How do you stay out of the fading and falling business? How do we stay and keep ourselves away from becoming like the grass here today? and gone tomorrow. Well, it seems that Peter gives us some words for our future, some words for our life, that we might live and embrace God's forever. Let us look to the scriptures today as we look at verse 24. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 24 reads like this, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. Grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. How to embrace forever through fading and falling. Don't depend on fading flesh. Far too often we depend on the corner. We depend on those things that we can see. We, uh, we attempt to operate through the scene. We attempt to operate without faith. We want to see it. We want a down payment on it. God, can you show me and make this thing easy? Can you make it easy for me? I don't want life to be tough. We can't depend on fading flesh. The flesh uh, tells us that we need to see it when God says that we need to have faith about it. We've got to have the faith to follow Christ to the cross. We've got to have faith above and over our sight. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Over the last few Sundays, I've been encouraging us and reminding us that faith is at the center, at the core of what we need to please God. It's impossible to please God without faith. There will be seasons where it seems like things are fading and falling, like the grass is turning brown and it causes us to be sad. But don't you know that God will bring the green freshness of spring once again? We can see it even now as grass season is coming again, as I said the grass is growing again. It's a testimony that God reminds us that even though things may die at times, life will come again. God controls life. God brings the ebb and the flow. There are, in fact, some ups and downs, but you know that if you've lived long enough that there will be some sleepless nights. There will be some ups and downs, but when you look back over your life and you see what God has done for you, you realize that your good days have been better than your bad days because God has has been working it out for you. We cannot depend on fading flesh, what our feelings are, what we feel like. We cannot work on our emotions. We can't work on our fleshly thoughts and our hatred. We can't work on our fleshly lust. We can't work uh, through our flesh and through our own carnal minds. We've got to release our mind, release our way to God and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. We've got to know that in order to be forever, in order to have a relationship with God from now through eternity, we must have faith. We cannot depend on ourselves. I've heard people say before that you can believe in yourself, depend on yourself and, and pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. But I'm here to tell you today that if you really want to be successful, stop trying to do it by yourself and let God lead you and guide you. Let God teach you and let the Holy Spirit lead you through the word of God. 
We've got to learn how to pray and open our Bible in order to fight the flesh. The flesh will lead us down the wrong path every time. Our flesh, fueled by our carnal desires, will call us to be greedy. We will overconsume everything. We become like hungry caterpillars for sin. We will eat everything, do anything, and be anything that the flesh tells us. We can be very easily motivated by the flesh. When our flesh will lead us to overconsumption, transgression, and eternal damnation, we've got to be careful with our flesh. We must allow God's Spirit to be poured out upon our flesh so that we might bring the flesh under submission of God. We cannot live in the flesh. The flesh will ultimately fade away and die. Notice that our bodies began to wrinkle. Our hair falls out. Our teeth fall out. The flesh will fade, but God will stay the same. The flesh will fade, but our relationship with God is consistent. The flesh will fade, but if we hold on to God's unchanging word, and lean not unto your own understanding, lean not to your flesh and to your way, but give yourself, give your mind and your heart to the way of God. But then look again at verse 24 as it says, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. How to embrace forever through fading and falling. Don't depend on the flesh, but then don't trust the falling glory of humanity. Don't trust the fallen glory of humanity. There are some people who strive to believe in themselves, strive to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps, as I've said. But then there are others who, rather than believe in themselves, they believe in the group. They believe in humanity. They believe that all of us together can be as strong as God. They believe that if we pull together that humanity is is as God, we can fight with God, we can outthink God as long as we do it together. I call your attention to the Tower of Babel when they tried to work against God. They decided that they would come up with a plan. Humanity thought it was bigger and better and better than God. But let me tell you that God can always outdo humanity. Humanity can never come up to the standard of God. Humanity by itself can never beat God. God is much more powerful than any of us, whether separate or together. Let me tell you, he uh, that is our God is greater than he that is in the world. It doesn't matter how many of us get together. We still are not big enough to box with God. You can't trust in the glory of humanity. You can't believe that together we have the great and ultimate answer. You cannot believe that the creation has become greater and better than the creator. Don't trust the fallen glory of humanity, no matter what you think we've done together. People will tell you humanity is so powerful. We've been to the moon. Humanity is so powerful. We can replace a heart. Humanity is so powerful that we're mapping DNA. But let me tell you at the same time, humanity is so desperately ignorant that we oftentimes uh, misuse and abuse each other because of hatred and racism and xenophobia. We, we do that because you're not like us, because we're sexist and we're tribal and we're traditional. We've got to stick in our clique and stick with our kind. You are not like us. There's got to be a them and us to make us better than you. Don't believe in and don't trust in humanity. Humanity will let us down. 
Right now, some of the situations that you can see going on around the world are all caused by the deficiencies of humanity, caused by the fact that we are often trying to be better than somebody else, better nationally, better as a country. It's my country and not your country. Make my country great again. Let me tell you, humanity will let you down. If you're looking for something that will last forever, don't look to man. Don't look in yourself. Don't look to yourself. Don't look to man. Look to God. God. Far too often we're too uh, caught up in the moment to look to eternity, too caught up in ourselves, too caught up in uh, the, the movement of humanity to see the hand and the power of God. But I better tell you right now that man needs to turn from wicked ways. Women need to turn from their wicked ways and turn to God if we truly want God to heal us and heal our land. The prescription is there in the text, there in the Bible. All we need to do is turn from our wicked ways. What we need to do is look toward God. If we truly want to heal humanity, we can look to Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. If we really want to see a breakthrough, if we really want to see a healing in the land and in the people, we need to turn from our ways. We need to seek the way of God. If you really want those things that are eternal and not just for the moment, those things that go beyond ourselves and beyond humanity, we must look to God. God is the creator and the finisher of our faith, the Alpha and the Omega, the orchestrator of all of eternity, the organizer of the everlasting. And so we must trust in God in order to embrace the everlasting. Embrace that which will last forever so that we might rest on the other side with our Lord. We are called to the welcome table, called uh, to our God, to God's great peace. I tell you that you can never bring peace and love and joy to yourself and humanity can't do it. I tell you that if you're waiting on humanity to fix it, if you're waiting on humanity to fix the problems of the world, then I tell you, you'll keep on waiting until the end comes. Because if you really, truly want an answer, you've got to look to God for the answer to all of our problems. God gives it to us in the scripture. If we but began to look out and have compassion on those who are poor, if we begin to, to realize that it is our job to become as Christ, to bring healing to the nation, both physically and spiritually. It is our job to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news, to let the world know that through him we are healed. Through him we can love one another. Through him we can walk together. All God's children can walk together now. It is not in ourselves. It is not in the intellectual capacity of humanity. The true answer to, to all of our situations and problems is to look to God, to turn from our self-centeredness to turn from our ego, to turn from our way, to turn to God's way. God's way is love. God's way is just. God's way is right. We must know that we are yet but a shadow in the night. We are yet but a passing wind, a fading moment, but God is forever. If you wish to embrace that which is forever, to embrace joy everlasting, you must hitch your wagon to God. You've got to follow God's way and release your way. We can't depend on our fading flesh. We can't depend on the falling glory of humanity. I notice there in verse 25, the Bible reminds us that flesh is like the grass, but then the glory of man is like the flower of the grass. 
Now notice and think about this when you have been in nature before, you've seen trees and you've seen flowers, you've seen the grass. You realize that the leaves and the grass, they grow before the flower begins to bud. Everything else usually is in place before a flower springs forth. The text tells us that that we are the, the flesh is like grass, but then humanity, the glory of humanity is like the flower of the grass. Now, notice that I told you that we can't pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. We need God's power. We can't do this thing by ourselves. So there is a weakness in the individual. There is a weakness in man as we found in the garden with Adam and Eve. That weakness that is in man is uh, it already puts us at a disadvantage. But think about this. If the leaves are at a disadvantage, if the leaves are unhealthy, if the leaves are uncared for, if the leaves are drooping, if the leaves are dying, then what chance do you have for the flower? Normally, an outgrowth comes because there's already healthy resources in place. Oh, I wish you could get this. Normally, an outgrowth comes when healthy resources are already in place. Uh, A plant does not begin to flower until the leaves are healthy. The grass doesn't start to flower until the grass is healthy. Grass will begin to grow and mature healthier as time goes on. But no flower comes until the plant is healthy enough to produce the bloom. Think about our world today and think about humanity. We are so messed up individually. How can humanity bring the glory of any flower? Individually, we're mad at each other from across the ocean and across the sea, from one land to another land, not speaking to each other, bothered with trade, not caring about uh, uh, human atrocities that happen in other places. Lending to and supporting the economy of dictators and those who hurt their people, supporting uh, the, the leadership and, and, and the monstrous behavior of some leaders around the world who hurt their people and, and starve their people. We should know by now that humanity does not win when one of us is hurting. Humanity does not win when one of us is disadvantaged. We must care about all. We must care about each other. We must care about neighbor. In fact, what did Jesus say? That we all love our neighbor as ourselves? When we fail to love, when we fail to be bigger and better, when we fail to follow Christ, then we know that we are not helping humanity, but hurting humanity. Flowers don't come from sick plants. Flowers don't do well when the leaves are sick, when the leaves are diseased, when uh, the plant is diseased. The flowers are hard to come by. Humanity is diseased right now. We've got elements in our world that are so divisive that we can see the enemy at foot. We know that the desire of the enemy is to sift us as wheat. The enemy wants to divide, kill, and destroy us. We, we, we are divided as, as a people. We're divided in humanity. We're not realizing that no matter what color or where you're from, it's not about where you're born. It's the fact that God has created us all. Your color, your race, your nationality does not matter when you belong to the family of God. God has created us. God has loved us and sent his son to die for the rich and the poor. We cannot uh, embrace humanity while uh, trying to hold on to that which is fading and falling. The flesh is always fading and the glory of humanity is falling. 
So uh, what preacher today can we do to embrace forever? What do we have to do in the midst of trials, storms, and tribulations? What do we have to do when adverse seasons come, when the winter time, when the winter season comes? What do we do when things seem to fade and fall away? Look there in verse 25. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. And so how to embrace forever through fading and falling. Don't depend on fading flesh. Don't trust in the falling glory of humanity. Then lastly, embrace God's word. Because I can tell you today that if you really want to embrace forever, God's word will last forever. God's word is appropriate in every season. If you just hold on to God's word, God's word is forever. Embrace God's word through falling and fading, through the absence of faith and when fear seems to be all around. Hold on to God, God's unchanging hand with all you have, because the word of God is a firm foundation. Stand on the solid rock, which is Jesus, and know that in the end, all will be all right. God's word will comfort you in your midnight season, comfort you through your trial and tribulation, comfort you in seasons of distress, comfort you when uh, life seems to be fading and falling. Hold on to God. God is real. Growing up, I remember them singing in the church, yes, God is real. I wonder, is there anybody that knows God is real? Peter wrote to the church at Asia Minor to remind them that they didn't have to worry about a thing. Long as you don't put your trust in flesh and humanity, put your trust in the word of God. The word of God will save you in seasons of distress. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peace for sure. When God's love came and lifted me, his word is love. In the beginning, God's word came forth to show us the way to create and to love and to nurture us. And so if we walk with the Lord. Embrace God's word to know that when God speaks, when God promises, his promise will always come true. They waited in the times of old, waiting for the Messiah to come, waiting for a savior, knowing that they, there were times when it seemed like life was fading and falling. Isaiah prophesied and said that the stump had been cut. The seed of Jesse was yet alive. Isaiah comes to give us a picture that we might see the stump of Jesse. The times when it seems that all of our resources have been cut, where all we have left to deal with is the stump. But don't you know that God has power even in a stump? Yes, Isaiah talks about the stump of Jesse, but from the stump of Jesse comes the seed of David, knowing that Jesus is the Messiah. The one who died for you and me down through 40 and two generations out from a stump, out from the fading and the falling. The world thought that the, the children of Israel were finally gone. The children of Israel had come to a place where they numbered a remnant. I wonder, do you know that little becomes much in the master's hand? God can do a lot with a remnant up from the stump of Jesse, the seed of David, comes the Messiah Jesus, the Son of God, the great gift of heaven that's been given to you and to me so that we might have peace in the midst of fading and falling times. To know that even when humanity is at its worst, God is at his best. When we cannot and when we realize that we cannot offend for ourselves and take care of ourselves, the better we'll be. 
how to get through this eternity, how to get through the journeys of life. Hold on to God's word. Know that whatever God says is true. The fact that Jesus died on the old rugged cross for you and for me, and that's worth shouting about. But even the more is to know that God's word is true and someday he shall return for us. He will not leave us to suffer forever. The Lord will not leave us to suffer the hurts, the harms and the injuries of this world forever. For we've been sent with a, a mission, a purpose to spread the gospel throughout the world. And when that day comes, when God has finally brought to manifestation the great and last day, we can walk together with the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing that his blood has saved us all. Up from the grave, he arose that we might have power and victory over our foes to know that God will lift us and raise us out of the angry waves of life, knowing that we can embrace forever through the fading and falling. We're not like the grass. We're not cut down in the night. We don't grow today and get cut down tomorrow. We're joint heirs with Jesus, everlasting to everlasting. God is going to protect us throughout eternity. We can serve notice to the enemy, serve notice to our enemies and let them know that God is yet in control. I'm not worried, but I'm filled with faith to know that our father is taking care of us. Don't act like the grass and be here today and gone tomorrow. Don't let winter seasons and tough times push you off, but hold on to God's unchanging hand. Know that the Lord will see us through it's how to embrace forever through fading and falling. Don't depend on fading flesh. Don't trust the fallen glory of humanity. Embrace God's word because you know by God's stripes we're healed. By his might, by his power, we'll continue to be sustained forever. When tough, terrible times come, when it seems that all is lost, fading and falling, things seem to be falling apart in your life and in your environment, hold on to God even the more. Remembering that Jesus did die for us on the cross of Calvary was raised on the third day. We can find happiness as Peter was encouraging the church at Asia Minor. I encourage you today to let you know to just keep on keeping on. You can find peace and joy even in the midst of the struggle in the times of fading and falling. We know that we'll be all right. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansion, bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. I wonder, is there anybody glad today that some glad morning God will bring us home and we can rejoice forever without end. I say hallelujah without end, knowing that God has brought us a mighty long way, not depending in the flesh or humanity, but God's word that is eternal and everlasting to everlasting. Jesus is the one. We'll sing and shout the victory. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Liberty Hill, living the Bible together through education, missions, and ministry. This has been another broadcast of Living the Bible Together with Dr. Troy Shaw from the Liberty Hill Baptist Church located at 4410 Refugee Road. We worship on Sundays at 11 a.m. 
For more information, visit us online at livingthebibletogether.org. God bless you and have a great week.